From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, they don't call it the Smoky City anymore. At least they haven't for a long time. Smog removal projects began in the Pittsburgh area back in the late 1940s, early 1950s. And uh, for better or for worse, the end of most of the heavy manufacturing in the Pittsburgh area has led to a clearing of the air. And yet, Allegheny County in the Pittsburgh area still according to many sources, have some of the dirtiest, sootiest air in the United States. Uh, what does that mean for the economy? What does that mean for our public health? What does it mean for attracting new people into the Pittsburgh area? Our guest this morning is Matt Mahalik, is executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. Uh, good morning, Matt. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. Thank you uh, for, for for taking the time to talk with us. So am I right that uh, we're right up there with um, some much larger metropolitan areas like Los Angeles for having very sooty air quality? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. Yeah, Pittsburgh has made a lot of progress compared with 50 years ago. But unfortunately, in recent times, our area hasn't been improving as much as many other places throughout the country. Um, and so we are one of four regions with an increase in the number of spikes in the emissions of particles. Um, the other three areas are uh, on the West Coast, and we are um, one of six regions among, um, among the top 25 worst performers to have higher particles uh, emitted year-round. We're there with Los Angeles, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Birmingham, Alabama, Harrisburg, uh, York area, and Las Vegas. That's interesting that um, three of those are uh, three. Three of them are in Pennsylvania, and they're fairly small uh, cities. Um, uh, York, Harrisburg, Lancaster are not large. Well, I'm more familiar with Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. What I do know about Pittsburgh's air quality is that most of our pollution is particle pollution, fine particles two and a half microns in diameter and smaller. And this is what gets deep in people's lungs and causes respiratory disease, cardio, um, cardiac disease, um, and other types of cancers. And one of the things that um, is, is unique about our region is that our pollution comes mostly from industrial sources, whereas a place like Los Angeles, most of the pollution is ozone, and it does come from high vehicle traffic. Okay, okay. Matt Mahalik is executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. Matt, can you give us the, a, a website and a phone number if people want more information? And our website is breatheproject.org. Breatheproject.org. And is there a phone number or Facebook? How, how else can people get in touch with you? Uh, we have a Facebook page. There's Instagram. There's a Twitter feed as well. Okay. Um, so you can find us there. We have a YouTube channel. Um but if you go to our website, you get uh, all of our contact information okay. there. I, there was a story just a, a couple of days ago. Um, the former Coke Works uh, on Neville Island, which I think many, many years ago was Pittsburgh Coal and Coke, and most recently was called Shenango uh, Corporation, uh, was demolished. And I, and I saw a story that said that after that plant on Neville Island closed, that 
the number of admissions to emergency rooms in the area for asthma attacks dropped 38%, I think was the statistic. Did you see the same survey that I saw? That is correct. That was a report that Allegheny County Health Department, uh, a study that they completed. Uh, I want to say uh, it's very uh, a unique opportunity for um, someone to be able to study uh, uh, plant closure like that and measure air beforehand and measure air afterwards uh, and see what the impacts are of that facility to try to get a good estimate of what was going on there. And they had some pretty dramatic findings. They released this in a presentation to the Allegheny County Board of Health on May 2nd. Uh, Lou Ann Brink was the author of the study. And they found significant drops in benzene emissions, okay. drops in particulate matter, and reductions in emergency room visits um, due to respiratory uh, issues. In addition, Deb Gentile, who is a uh, researcher and a pediatrician, um, did a pre-post study of asthma rates, and she also found significant drops in um, rates of asthma and risk for asthma. Hey, let, let's talk a little bit, and, and I should just say uh, on on the record here, and I, I've, I've, we've, we've, I've talked with other folks in public health about pollution before. Matt Mahalik is uh, executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. You can find out more at breatheproject.org. But I am a U.S. Steel corporation stockholder right so i don't i'm not anti heavy industry I also uh have some stock in in a couple of railroads but um which transport coal but i also have asthma and allergies so i mean i'm kind of living both sides of the street here on the one hand i like heavy industry i like to see manufacturing succeed but on the other hand you know i along with the rest of the public have a vested interest in being able to breathe clean air. You mentioned particulates, uh, what you, you, and you alluded to some of the respiratory conditions that those cause, but I, I know they can aller aggravate allergy and asthma. Do they also increase our risk of lung cancer or COPD, things like that? Uh, most definitely. Um, we have um, the distinction in being the top 1% of all counties nationally for cancer. Um, and that's from multiple sources, but we are um, very highly ranked because of cancer from point source polluters. And of course, a lot of that are the heavy manufacturing industries that have been located here and are located here. So that's not a statistic that we're proud of. Um, it is one that we want to work on and improve. Um, so uh, what we're asking is um, for uh, people who are emitting um, they need to be following the provisions of the Clean Air Act, uh, which uh, is a federal law, and uh, our Allegheny County Health Department uh, is empowered by the EPA to enforce. And we have um, some significant problems with some facilities following the letter of the law, um, and that's another source of why our region has such air problems. When you say heavy manufacturing, um, I, I don't know if we want to name and shame necessarily, but we, we mentioned the Shenango Coke plant, which which a Coke plant, of course, for people who don't aren't aware, turns coal, superheats coal, and it turns it into what's called Coke, which is a fuel. And in the process, there's a lot of chemicals that come out of that. Now, a lot of those chemicals, my understanding is that they're recaptured and reused for other things. But Pittsburgh had the distinction of, I think at one point, we would have, would have had four different Coke plants in the area, Manesson, Clareton, uh, Hazelwood, neighborhood of Pittsburgh, and 
Neville Island up there. Now I think we're down to just two, but I'm assuming those emit a lot of particulate pollution. They, they are heavy emitters. Um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but they they are the number one contributor of uh, in those sort of PM emissions um, through the um, state uh, DEP database for emissions of particulates. Um, you know, the Shenango Coke work is closed. One of the reasons why it closed was it was caught violating the Clean Air Act hundreds of times. Um, and the company, rather than fixing the problem and, you know, operating their plant legally, they decided to shut it down instead. Um, and to the credit of the citizens who uh, brought it to the attention of the, the EPA, which came in and, you know, told, told uh, the, the owners of Shenango, DTE Energy, that they couldn't keep doing what they were doing. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the Manesson, uh, uh Coke factory. They were just involved in a, uh, a large settlement um, in the millions of dollars um, for their violations of the Clean Air Act. And um, the, Chine- the Clareton Coke Works is under a consent decree right now um, for um, uh, some of their past violations of the Clean Air Act. So it is a regular problem that we have in our region, and um, it really comes down to enforcement is something that is important. Uh, for example, you would not want to have, if you were running a delivery business, you wouldn't want to have one business to be able to be exempt from all speed limit laws or running through traffic lights mm-hmm. um, to give to get an unfair competitive advantage uh, or put the public at risk. Um, the same is true for violations of the Clean Air Act. Uh, people need to operate according to the law. Um, and um, we've seen, unfortunately, a large number of times where um, operators of those businesses have not been doing what they need to do. So as a stockholder of that corporation, you know, uh, the, the signal needs to be sent for the company to operate within the rules of the law so that your shareholder value is not put at risk. Um, because of decision-making that puts the company at risk. Let's pause right there. We have a 30-second uh, break to take. Matt Mihalik is executive director of the Breathe the Collaborative. It is a uh, coalition of uh, public and private organizations uh, who are trying to improve the air quality, it, primarily in the Pittsburgh area, correct? It's not anything national. It's, it's regional. Yes, it's regional. Thank you. Uh, breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. When we come back, Matt, um, I want to ask uh, what the effect the, the poor air quality has on um, attracting other kinds of businesses to the area. And also later on in the show, I want to ask uh, you to tell us how people can get involved if they're interested in, in volunteering or, or finding out what the air quality is like in their own neighborhoods, okay? Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back here with Matt Mihalik from the Breathe Collaborative on Radio 81 WEDO. 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac. And we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com. 
Welcome back. Our guest this morning, Matt Mahalik. He's executive director of the Breathe Collaborative in Pittsburgh. They're working to improve air quality throughout the region. Breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, well, we took the break. We, we were talking a little bit about the closure of the Shenango Coke Works and how uh, emergency room emissions in that area around Coriopolis, Bellevue, Ben Avon, uh, around Neville Island there ha- have gone down 38%, at least in terms of uh, asthma and allergy-related uh, problems. The flip side of that, and I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who are saying, well, wait a minute, it also means that something like 150 people lost their jobs, and in, in many cases there at Shenango were probably pretty good-paying jobs. They were unionized jobs. So how do we balance, is there a balance to be found between air quality and, and making sure people have decent work? Well, if you look at the Shenango case, those workers' health were also being put at risk because the company was not operating properly. So that really, that decision to close was really one that DTE Energy made about its own operations. They were faced with a choice of bringing the, the, their operations into compliance, uh, legal compliance, um, and they chose not to do that. Um, it's like I said before, we don't operate other businesses exempting some of them from allowing them to run red lights or stop signs or exceed the speed limit. So it really was that choice. Um, they, that DTE is a highly profitable company. They could have made the decision to make the investments and improve the operations of the business, and they chose not to. It, are, are coal-fired power plants also a contributor to this, and do we have a, many of those in this area? Our air is affected by coal-fired power plants. Um, the, the, uh, just uh, this week, um, the Sierra Club uh, filed a notice of intent to sue the operators of the Cheswick power plant uh, along the Allegheny River for a number of um, violations of uh, air emissions there. Um, because that is an older plant, um, it and it burns a lot of coal, uh, and the equipment's very old and, and needs uh, either updating or um, uh, replacement that... Um, you know that that is a um, significant tribute, contributor to air quality, particularly in the Allegheny Valley uh, around Springdale. Uh, th- there are also people who, especially in in our Mon Valley area, who are going to say, "Look, we grew up breathing this stuff. We remember going out and you know, uh, Mom having to wash the the clothes twice because they would get soot from McKeesport or, or Homestead or Duquesne or, or wherever, um, and we were fine with it." What what has changed? Is it is the perception have changed, or has our understanding of the health effects of this changed? Well, what's changed is the world has gotten a lot smarter. We have to compete on a national arena, and other areas are improving their air quality faster than what we are, uh, and that uh, acts as a drag for us in terms of investment and growth opportunity and access to talent. And so our region needs to recognize that, yes, there are some jobs in older industries. It's worth going the extra mile to make sure that they're not polluting and making our air problematic because that will attract a lot more investment and make sure that new high-tech companies and new um, high-tech engineers um, and, and entrepreneurs will want to invest in Pittsburgh um, it really uh, shouldn't be thought of as a drag on the region for cleaning up the air. It really is an opportunity for us to unlock the next level of Pittsburgh's future. 
Matt Mahalik is executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. You can find out more information about their efforts to monitor and improve air quality in the region at breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. I want to come back to that because that was something that came up in the stories that I read about the Shenango uh, Coke Works up there uh, on the Ohio River. Um, so I'm going to come back to that because there, there were several people who said they had moved into the area. They were attracted to Pittsburgh by the high quality of living and the low cost of buying a house. And then all of a sudden they get sick and it's Pittsburgh is not such an attractive thing uh, to them anymore. So I want to come back to that. But um, before we get to that, I want to ask you a little bit more about the mechanisms of the pollution. You're talking about this very fine, as you call it, particulate matter. Is this visible to the naked eye generally? Uh, well, PM 2.5 is really tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's like 25 of those grains would fit across the diameter of a human hair. Okay. So an unaided eye, you're not going to see this. But there's also a lot of coarse grain particulate matter that uh, is emitted from some of these facilities as well, too. That There are plenty of reports of people um, around power plants and uh, some of these facilities where they'll get black specks of black carbon settling on their porches and windowsills and things and people need to clean them off and uh those, that's just further evidence of you know emissions from this the type of industry that we have so it's it's not just the stuff you can see the stuff that that as i mentioned mom used to white wash the clothes twice or whatever or have to wipe the picnic table off um it's the stuff you can't see are, are there other chemicals in some of these emissions like i've heard benzene what is benzene and, and what does that do to us yeah, it, it is the stuff that you can't see that in some ways is scarier. Um, you know, with particulates, they, the, the particles are small enough to actually go into lungs and go directly into the bloodstream and accumulate in people's bodies. And that's why our region has one of the highest rates of bladder cancer oh. in the country. Uh, so that's an unusual thing that people wouldn't think that air pollution would cause bladder cancer, but it's because of that, um, entrance into the bloodstream and accumulation in organs. Um, this about the issue of benzene. Uh, benzene is emitted by um, uh, some of the industrial facilities that we have. Benzene is a uh, very toxic um, volatile or organic compound that um, is strongly associated with cancer and um, so that's, you know, cleaning up benzene emissions is always a really good thing. Um, because it uh, addresses uh, reduction of cancer risk. I, I should mention, by the way, that uh, we, you, you mentioned that your offices are located where? We're located at the Energy Innovation Center, which was the old Conley Trade School building in the Lower Hill District. And you have kind of an open plan office there. So if, if people are hearing a little bit of beeping or, or, or uh, commotion in the background, it just means that it's a busy place. <laughs> That's right. They're actually in the uh, in the bay next to me, uh, putting in wiring in a new laboratory that is uh, for the University of Pittsburgh related to high tech uh, electrical grid installations. Are are there? Are, we have another break coming up. The time goes so fast, but are there jobs that are created by not just the heavy manufacturing, but also the cleaning up of of uh, the pollution from the heavy manufacturing? Yes, so there's an organization called E2 that tracks clean jobs um, in in Pennsylvania. And last year they released information that showed that there are more than twice as many jobs in clean energy than there are in the um, 
drilling and industrial uh, extraction industries. So that's a growing segment. Let's pause there because I, I want to come back to the people who are attracted to uh, the Pittsburgh area and then maybe are disheartened by the air quality. And I also want to ask you, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, how can people help your effort? How can people help in their neighborhood, in their community? Okay. Thank you. Uh, Matt Mihalik is executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. They are working on monitoring and improving the air quality in the greater Pittsburgh area, breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. We will be back for a final few minutes in 30 seconds. Please stay tuned here to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Matt Mihalik, Executive Director of the Breathe Collaborative, breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatever your social media preferences are, I am sure, uh, if you would like some more information. Um, so when we took the break, I, I, I mentioned we, we were talking a little bit about the, the demolition and the earlier closure of the Shenango Coke Works uh, up there in Neville Island. And one of the stories that I read, they, they talked to a uh, young woman who moved to Pittsburgh to take a job uh, in the area and was very excited about the affordability of it, but then she started to get sick, and I think she had a young child that also started to get sick, and then was eventually traced to, um, she said, uh, that Coke works there that was across the river from her. Um, are, in your experience, are we chasing away, in some cases, people who would like to move to the Pittsburgh area, but uh, are, are worried about the health impact? Well, we certainly don't want to do that. And Pittsburgh has so many really good things going in its favor right now. And if you think about how far we've come from all the cleanup that happened over the past 30 years, it's something we should be a pro- we should be proud of. But there's still more that we need to do to clean up our air. So uh, one of the things that people can be doing is understanding more about the air in the region. And we have a number of tools to help people with that. If you go to our website, you can find information about our uh, the Smell Pittsburgh app. Okay. Um, the Smell that wait we a have the Smell Pittsburgh and, app. Tell us about this. This it's called Smell Pittsburgh. Yes. It's Tell us about that. Smell Pittsburgh. Okay. And what's uh, interesting about it is that um, anytime you walk around outside, you smell something that doesn't smell good. A lot of times, it's from industrial sources where you can smell. You know, the sulfur smell. We've all smelled that rotten egg smell that happens. You can send a report. It will be geocoded on um, uh, using a GIS map, and that gets sent to the health department, and they will investigate the source of the bad smell there because smells map onto types of pollution. Really? Okay. Uh, Matt Mihalik is executive director of the, uh, the Breathe Collaborative, breatheproject.org. And I interrupted you. I just, that, that's a very novel. How long has the Smell Pittsburgh app been around? 
I think it was launched in 2015, uh, but it's really grown over the past year and a half. About how many? And any given day, you're, we're getting, you know, 80, 100, 120 reports per day of people submitting smells through the app. It's really easy to use, and uh, it, it plays a loop back throughout the course of the day so that you can see who's submitting um, the reports, uh, what, what their rating is, and uh, when they appear and where they appear on the map. So you can really get a picture of the blobs of bad smells that happen in our region. <laughs> don't don't confuse me with all of your technical jargon like blobs. Uh, <laughs> but but that's very interesting to me that that you can kind of and 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 to to is that something that can be exported or have have has, have you exported any of this to other metropolitan areas? We get contacted frequently by different regions that uh, have seen the tools we've been able to bring together. Um, we've been in touch with folks in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, there are folks in Los Angeles. Some folks, even in Houston, use the Smell Pittsburgh app to report smells uh, in Houston when the hurricane struck there. Okay. And uh, we've also been contacted with people from uh, Bangalore, India, because they have severe air quality problems there, and they're interested in the approaches that we have for cleaning up our air. Do you still have the spec sensors? A couple of years ago on this show, we had um, someone from the Create Lab at Carnegie Mellon on to talk about the spec sensor, and that monitors indoor air quality, I believe. That's right. You can find information about spec sensors on our website. You can check those out for free from most Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh branches. And occasionally they run training um, uh, training seminars for people who want to use them. Um, and it's a good way to understand what's happening inside your home um, as well as the air that's outside your home. In, in the final few minutes, and you've already mentioned two ways that, that average people can get involved, one of them being the Smell Pittsburgh app for your smartphone, the other one being the, the spec sensors that you can borrow and find out about your, your air quality at your home. What are some other ways that, that folks can get involved uh, in their communities, be it McKeesport, Braddock, Turtle Creek, Clareton, or anywhere in the listening area? If you go to our website, under the Take Action link, you can find access uh, to a whole series of campaigns that our Breathe Collaborative uh, members are running right now. Anything from advocating for more sites for solar energy um, to taking on industrial pollution and greenhouse gases, um, getting involved in a group of 10, which is uh, a, a meeting group that uh, Clean Air Council is organizing so that people can work together to understand their air quality issues and uh, engage with public dialogue in their communities um, and so on. So there's any number of campaigns for people to get involved with, and you can find that on breatheproject.org. I'm going to throw this question at you, and I, and I don't mean it to be confrontational, but I also don't mean it to be like a softball question. I, I'm sure there are some people um, who get very angry at the work that the Breathe Collaborative is doing. Are you trying to take away people's jobs, I think, would be a question. Are you trying to shut down uh, all, all of this heavy manufacturing, which, again, in many cases, pays very good money for, for, the, for the men and women who work there? Well, so first I want to say that we haven't gotten anyone being angry towards us. Okay. We get people thanking us all the time okay. for helping to advocate for cleaner air. Um, and the other piece of this is that we are not um, advocating for shutting down industries. 
we're advocating for, well, first of all, we're providing information about what's happening. And when we get ranked by a national organization like the American Lung Association, we're, we're one of three regions uh, to get Fs for our air quality. As in fail, um, yeah. It, fail, right, Fs failing, um, then it means that somebody needs to step up and address the issue and push the issue and um, find ways of resolving it. So it's n- we've never framed any of our work as shutting down any industries. We believe that it's compatible to be able to have clean air and to have jobs at the same time. And we have to leave it right there. Matt Mihalik is executive director of the Breathe Collaborative. You can find out more about their work in the greater Pittsburgh area at breatheproject.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Matt, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Jason, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting us and look forward to talking with you and others in the near future. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.